Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Zach Meisel of The Athletic on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Zach, welcome to the show, bud. What's going on, gentlemen? Not a whole lot. I mean, well, I guess that's not entirely true. The Guardians active in the hot stove. Um, what do you think of the moves for Josh Bell and Mike Zanino so far? I would say they're solid, necessary. Um, certainly fill the needs that I think anyone who paid five seconds of attention to this team last season could have identified. Um, I think the Josh Bell move in particular is, I think that's perfect marriage just in terms of what he brings at the plate. You know, he, he walks a lot, doesn't strike out a ton for a power hitter. And he seems pretty convinced that he'll benefit from not having defensive shifting like he has seen in the past, um, which kind of scared him away from pulling the ball and trying to hit line drives to right field. So I think he's a really good fit. He is a really good fit. He's only going to be a really good fit for one year. So uh, there would still be work to do a year from now. but And then on the catching side of things, I mean, they needed something. And they got, I think, an upgrade over Austin Hedges. It's just there's no way to know how much of an upgrade. Um, and I think after everyone was sort of teased with the Sean Murphy talks for the last five months, maybe it seems like a little bit of a disappointment. Um, but it's 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 something. Uh, like this lineup should be better than it was a year ago, uh, pretty considerably, I would say. So I think that's a good thing. You know, I, I have questions about whether there are still some upgrades to make, maybe on the outskirts of the roster. Could they still use another right-handed stick to platoon with Josh Naylor? Is there any way they could upgrade the rotation? Um, I don't know that we'll have an answer to those things. Uh, anytime soon maybe those happen later in the offseason maybe they happen over the summer um so so far i'm with you i mean like it's it's been a good start i think they were two critical moves they needed to make but maybe there's more to do moving forward so with that uh, murphy goes to to the braves do we know how close or or where uh the guardians were kind of in the pecking order for him at, at the finish line no that's always tough to say because these teams aren't truthful to each other, let alone to uh, the media. So it's it's uh, and and the the thing that makes it difficult. And I know fans don't always want to hear this, and and I get it. But you know, just because someone is ranked on MLB Pipeline as the number one prospect doesn't mean that thirty teams believe that that's that team's number one prospect. So when you see what 
It was reported that Oakland asked from the Cardinals for Sean Murphy. That seemed like a ton. And then I think some fans are saying, okay, well, that's, that's not going to happen because then they're going to want player X and player Y from Cleveland. And, and I, I think that they wanted quite a bit in terms of prospects from Cleveland. Um, and then you see the final results, what they got from Atlanta, and it, it doesn't compute because they didn't get uh, elite prospects from the Braves or the Brewers in that trade. So it's just important to remember that teams value players very differently, especially young players and prospects. And because of that, it's, it's tough to decipher exactly where things stood. I think it's fair to say you know, Cleveland has been talking to the Athletics about Sean Murphy since July and there were a lot of talks right before the trade deadline and there were more talks this offseason at the winter meetings so i think when you're involved to that degree for that long i think it's fair to say that they were maybe close at points or or there was there were certain times when it seemed like they'd eventually reach a deal um but you never know if you finish in second place or if you were nowhere close to to the final offer because i think these conversations can change over time and they're they're different with different teams. Is there a chance, Zach, that they could bring in another veteran catcher? Yeah. Chris Antonetti actually kind of hinted at that today, um, saying that they're open to it. It's something they're going to look at. It's, it's, it's tricky. I mean, Bo Naylor, he could be ready by opening day to play some role. Uh, I don't think they want him to catch 140 games as a rookie and, while they're trying to, to win a division and make a deep playoff run, I think they feel like that's a lot of responsibility on his plate. And maybe he's capable and, and can handle it, but I don't think they want to be forced into doing that. Um, you know, Mike Zanino had a pretty significant injury last season and only played 30-some games. They think he's going to be ready to go come spring training. He thinks he's going to be ready to go. He's already throwing and, and hitting off a tee, things like that. So, But... Uh, you know, you look at this, and if, if you are convinced that you don't want Bo Naylor on the opening day roster because you want him to get a little more seasoning in AAA, then yeah, I think it is it is another area where you could find someone who can catch twice a week. I think that would be beneficial. Zach, um, I, we just saw Carlos Correa, 13-year deal. Bryce Harper a couple years ago, I think it was a 12-year deal. Aaron Judge, 10-year deal. And... the Every one of these contracts just appears egregiously stupid to me, no matter how good the player is. And it's just wild to me that a sport uh, that is inhabited almost exclusively of Harvard executives, of, of Ivy League executives, have allowed this trend not just to continue but to explode. Do you think we're ever getting to a point where Major League Baseball cracks down on these excessively long deals? So if you thought that the labor negotiations a year ago were tiresome and just frustrating and maddening and um, yeah, just wait till 2027 because it's going to be a bloodbath and like it's, it could take forever to solve because, you know, this thing is cyclical. I feel like there were a lot of really long-term exorbitant contracts handed out, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. And then maybe teams got a little more cautious and you realize how much, how burdensome it is to carry Albert Pujols's, I don't know, $30 million a year for the last five years of his career when he's limping to the finish line. Miguel Cabrera, the Tigers are paying him 30 some million this season. And 
you know, he's like a corpse at this point. So it's, it's, you would have thought that teams would have learned. I think some have, you know, market size plays a role in this too. I don't think the, you know, the giants aren't going to be in deep pain when they're paying Carlos Correa $29 million when he's 40 years old. But, you know, I look at a team like San Diego that has handed out mega contracts to Tatis and to Xander Bogarts now, who like is probably going to move off shortstop pretty soon. And he's, still going to be being paid till he's 41 um Manny Machado like they're gonna have to what are they gonna do with Juan Soto in a year so a team like that that isn't New York it's not San Francisco it's not LA um it's a pretty comparable market to Cleveland honestly and and they they're handing out all these contracts and I'm not I'm never going to scold a team for spending money because we should encourage that and like Steve Cohen is what the Mets have done where their payroll is going to be 300 some million dollars. It's pretty ridiculous, but at the same time, maybe it creates some conversations that we need to have in baseball where we need more owners who aren't obsessed with every dollar and every cent that comes in and goes out. Um, and, and just for the health of the sport, um, you know, maybe there can be some sort of salary floor salary cap in the future. I'm skeptical. You need better sharing in general of revenues um, like the NFL has, I don't think we'll ever get to that point. But I, I just wonder, like, what are the Padres going to be like in five, six years when they're paying these 35-year-olds a ton of money and they have to still try to put a team around them? I don't know. I, like, this is all headed in a very interesting place. I'm not sure exactly where it goes, but it'll create some necessary, uncomfortable conversations ahead of what should be uh, pretty uh, – painful labor negotiation in 2027 so I, I you kind of hinted at it there for a second but we got about 45 seconds here zach um if you're baseball how do you fix or try to address the financial gap between say the uh one percent of baseball the big market teams and teams like the cleveland guardians and the kansas city royals and so on and so forth you want me to fix baseball in 45 seconds please do i need somebody to zach it's driving me crazy I don't know the answer, but I just know that the reason the NFL is so popular, a big reason, is because it doesn't matter if Kansas City and Tampa Bay are in the Super Bowl because 100-some million people are going to watch. It doesn't matter market size. The, the Chiefs didn't have to worry about whether they'd be able to afford to keep Patrick Mahomes. You know, Every market is equal in the NFL, and the way baseball shares its revenues and has its individual TV contracts, like, that's not going to happen. So what's the holdup on that? Is that owners or is that players? It's 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 owners, but it's it's more just like the the league, like just the the way it's been for forever, and and like the monumental changes you'd have to make, and the big markets would never give up what they get. You know, if you're like like the Dodgers, I don't know what, off the top of my head what their TV contract is, but it's it's exponentially larger than half the league's teams TV contracts. So, um, you know, it, it, you can criticize the guardians for not spending money and, and I can't argue with you whatsoever on that, but you could probably criticize the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Mets for not spending even more than they already spend. It's just everything about baseball is imbalanced and it's creates situations like this where the very best players reach free agency and they know that there are only going to be a handful of teams involved in, in bidding for them.
Zach, great stuff, buddy. Uh, really do appreciate all your time and analysis, and happy holidays. Same to you guys. Thank you so much. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.